Welcome to the Staying Ageless podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Asosa E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today we're going to do a season six recap. Child, child. I can't believe we made it this far, (laughs) y'all. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, for subscribing, for telling your friends. Thank you to the listeners from all over the world who are listening. I was actually shocked today. I was going through the names of all the cities all over the world. So I'm going to take some time to give some specific cities a shout out. Forgive me if I miss yours. And know that wherever you are, I so appreciate you. Shout out to listeners in Cape Town, Pretoria, Johannesburg, Accra, Nairobi, Lilongwe, London, West Ealing, Birmingham, whoop, whoop, Kuwait City, Hamburg, Bangkok, Kuala Lumpur, Portland, Colorado Springs, LaGrange Park, Seattle, St. Paul, Richmond, Los Alamentos, Emeryville, Los Angeles, Boston, Omaha, St. Louis, Heimdall, I had to look that up, child, that's in Norway, Kingston, Kingston, Jamaica. Yes, I used to live there, by the way. Y'all, I am overwhelmed and I really, really appreciate y'all. Please take a moment if this show brings value to you to leave a review for me on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for sharing the podcast with your friends, your family, and coming back when I'm back for the next season. I'm taking a break until next season, but I appreciate you guys so much. And I'm hoping to be back hopefully by September with more amazing content for season seven. So stay tuned. Also, this fall, my eight-week program, Staying Ages 30 Plus, will be back and in full effect, okay? We're aiming for the end of September, and we already have some ladies who have put down a deposit to be in the next class. If you don't know, Staying Ageless 30 Plus is my signature program in which women have reversed hypertension, diabetes, lost up to 30 pounds, balanced hormonally, resolved gut issues, discontinued medication, and the list goes on. This course is for you if you are 30 years of age or older, interested in saying fly until you're 99 or close to it, want to figure out exactly what diet and exercise is best for you, and to create lasting healthy rituals. If you are ready to join my Ageless Tribe, sign up for a free 20-minute call with me via my website, therawgirl.com, so you can see if Ageless is the right fit for you. If you are ready to go already and you're like, child, I already, I've been saving up, no problem. You can head straight on to stayingagelessuniversity.com and secure your spot, okay? Remember, I only do this twice a year, so if you're interested, I'd really love to help you reach your health goals in 2022. We also have our ongoing Hormonal Balancing Academy, and you heard testimonials this season from women who have normalized their periods, reduced the size of fibroids, gotten pregnant after struggling with infertility, and much more. We help women dealing with horrible PMS, fibroids, PCOS, infertility, endometriosis, adenomyosis, and much more. So please spread the word to women you know who are suffering and want to take a holistic approach to their healing. If you are interested in securing your spot in the Hormonal Balancing Academy, you can also sign up for a free call via my website, therawgirl.com, so you and I can chat about your health goals and see which program is a good fit for you. For now, in this episode, we're going to put together some clips from some of the amazing conversations I had over this past season. We talked about drinking fibroids again, balancing the chakras for healing, healthy plant-based substitutions, how to fast without starving, growing your own food, balancing your hormones, preparing for pregnancy, how to get rid of performance anxiety, and how to survive the American healthcare system. Chow, chow. What I want you to do is listen to this recap, and just in case you missed any of these amazing conversations, please go on back 
and catch up on what you missed until next season, okay? A lot of times it's just, you need practice. You know, right. you just need to practice and give yourself a break. And also know that people are not looking for perfection. They just want to understand. And if you can just be human about it, and if you have a stumble or if you're able to just be comfortable with any mistakes you might make, because sometimes, and you know, as an actor too, there's a lot of really cool stuff that can come out of a mistake, you know, like mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. Line, and then you have to sort of, whoever you're working with or whatever, you got to like compensate for that moment. You know, this is like a theater thing, but um, right. it can really blossom into something cool and just yeah. having faith in, you know, like, let's just allow it to be what it's going to be. And just going in with that, like, zen, all right, let's do this, you know. And also yeah. having a little bit of levity never hurts either. Throwing a little bit of humor into the situation. Just lighten it up a little bit. No, definitely. You were telling me about some athletes. Are there any stories you can tell of how, like, hypnotherapy sessions have helped people, like, perform better, like, um, in their actual sport? So you hit the nail on the head. So proactively learning about the American healthcare system is what people need to do because it, it, when you access it, and I saw this so many times over my career, when you access it, this is not the time to learn about the American healthcare system. So medical errors were the third leading cause of death up oh until God. COVID. Um, right. And now they're number four because of COVID. Wow. But that is crazy because if you if you go into a hospital, first of all, you're taking, if you're taking certain medications at home and medications are a big area where you can get hurt, there's going to be three or four different names for every medication that you take. So when the nurse is coming by and usually it's in a hurry because they have many more patients than they should have. And they'll say, here, I'm going to give you your medications. They dump a bunch of pills into your hand and you look at them and you say, well, I don't recognize some of these. Can you tell me what this pill is for? You should be asking questions. You should never just take a pill. I was talking with a podcast host, and he told me that a nurse came into his wife's room when she was recovering from surgery and started Mm -hmm. drying up insulin. And he said, what are you doing? And she said, I'm going to give her her insulin. And he said, she doesn't take, she's not diabetic. She doesn't take insulin. Turns out she had the wrong chart open. So those things happen. And because of the stress on our caregivers, like doctors and nurses, they really are upset with the system that they have to work within because they don't listen to them. And nurses and doctors are taxed with taking care of as many patients as possible until something goes wrong. And then you can't take care of your patients because all your, you know, attention is going to that one person who's having problems. So it's not a very good setup at all to stay safe in. Yeah. You have to be able to ask questions about medications. Tylenol as an example has three different names. There's a generic name, there is a brand name, and if you get it IV, which not a lot of people know, there's another name for Tylenol. So it's always important to ask questions around medications. That's one of the biggest tips. The second biggest tip I would say is if you don't have a nurse in your network or a medical professional, you need to get one because I can't tell you how many times I get hit on my phone from mm-hmm. somebody who's saying, hey, I'm going to the emergency department. Will you stand by just in case I need you? But because, right. I mean, especially in COVID when you can't have anybody else come in. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really, really frightening. And I feel for all the families who literally have to like watch their loved one disappear and can't like, you know, be with them. That's really disturbing. 
The the other thing about hospitals that I can't stand um, is, uh, and then I I'm always helping my clients avoid the hospital. So I've now dealt with six or seven cases of COVID, including two pregnant women who have we've uh, actually avoided the hospital and they've been fine. But I've had a couple patients call me because they know what I do, and they're like, "Hey." what do I do? My mom's in the hospital. This is the issue. And I'm like, you need to get her food because the food that they're providing is going to make her worse. (laughs) You're exactly correct. It makes me so crazy. Like when my dad was in the hospital, I was on the food like crazy. I was like, nope, nope, nope. Not allowed to eat that, that, and that. Here's all the things that he's allowed to eat. I would have them delivered, but it was a real problem. Literally starting the lessons. And really um, taking my nutrition seriously, uh, you know, just the recommendations of what to eat and really kind of just cutting it out, just knowing like this isn't serving me. This isn't helping my body. So just taking the lesson seriously and following all of your suggestions seriously. Three weeks, something wow. I've been dealing with the whole year. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Did you watch the lectures? Did you actually find the lectures helpful? There's in the first four weeks of Hormone Balancing Academy, there's lectures and they meet with us one-on-one. Did you find those helpful? I did. Especially knowing what can contribute to your hormones other than food. Right. Like just knowing what you put on your body, like stress levels, um, how you can reduce your stress. And it's so simple. (laughs) It's stuff that I would have never thought about or known, and nobody really just teaches you in everyday life. So those are really important. Yes, for sure. When you went, when you were going to the hospital or going to doctors, were they ever talking to you about your nutrition? Maybe like, not in depth. It was okay. Cut back on um, meat and dairy, but there was no like hands-on anything or they would maybe throw you a pamphlet and Mm -hmm. tell you to read that or something but Mm -hmm. nothing nothing to the extent that you know the the academy gives okay awesome awesome sauce um I guess after the first four weeks, then we meet with you one-on-one to go through the process. But the thing that was so crazy about you is that your joint normalized. First of all, it was the mo- one of the most extreme cases I've ever come across. But then your period normalizes in three weeks. And then you were kind of chilling. I am super excited to announce the launch of the new destination I created for online programs called Staying Ageless University. At Staying Ageless University, we create epic content to teach you about holistic wellness and transformational healing programs to help you achieve extraordinary longevity. We believe that learning is an essential component of healing and creating lasting change, and every one of our programs are created from protocols that I have tried and tested on clients who have achieved optimal wellness by following them. Our signature programs include Staying Ageless 30 Plus, which is designed to help women 30 plus interested in staying fly till you're 99 or close to it, create lasting healthy rituals, and the all new Raw Girls Hormonal Balancing Academy, 
For women suffering with fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, cysts, or menopausal symptoms, if you're ready to use holistic means to take control of your hormones and get your life back. We also have two new programs that are amazing for New Year's Clean Starts, Detox Your Life, which includes 30-day plant-based detox, either raw or vegan, and Candida and Parasites Be Gone for those who are ready to kick Candida overgrowth or parasites to the curb for good. Enrollment is now open for three of our programs, and we officially launch January 1st, 2021. You can learn more about us and our program offerings at stayingagelessuniversity.com. Hope to see you in class. When I lived in LA, I was at the beach all of the time. (laughs) The beach was my happy place. After going to the beach, I would always stop by this amazing raw food restaurant. They had the most delicious food, burritos, cinnamon rolls. I was obsessed. Fast forward to this year when I wanted to give myself a jumpstart on raw, I discovered that this amazing restaurant that I used to frequent had transitioned to nationwide delivery of fully prepared raw meals. It's called Raw Evolution, and for 20 years, they've been serving the finest and most vibrant living foods meals. They offer a raw box, which includes two fresh pressed juices, four gourmet entrees, four generous sides, and two delicious low glycemic desserts. The raw box is designed to provide one person with about four to five days of lunches and dinners. I also love that the menu changes each week, so there's always lots of variety. I get a lot of inquiries from listeners and clients alike who want to go raw and feel like it's not sustainable time-wise. If this is you, this is an amazing solution to get your raw jumpstart. Head on over to rawvolution.com and use the code RAWGIRL to receive a discount on your first purchase. It allowed me to have a child uh, naturally. Uh, so, so some of the things I were experiencing was uh, a lot of cramping during my menstrual, cl- extreme clotting. My hair was falling out. <laughs> I was losing oh a lot of hair. I was extremely exhausted after eating. Hot flashes, night sweats. My libido was off as well. Not afraid to mention it. <laughs> I had a lot of anxiety during that time. Was feeling really stressed and overwhelmed, and I was gaining a lot of weight around my belly area, which wasn't a normal thing for me. So mm-hmm. that's that's what made me go. You know what? I need to figure out what's going on with me. Right. And what what made you even think to do a holistic approach? Like, what were the doctors telling you? Did you feel like you had any options via traditional medical treatment? Honestly, they weren't help at, at all. When I spoke to my last doctor, uh, I just started seeing the LBGYN after my IVF. Mm-hmm. And she basically said, sometimes you got to realize what's for you is for you. I, I hate that statement. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I hate that statement. And she Wait also a minute. Told me, was she to... insinuating that, she, that basically that it wasn't for you to have a child? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. And it's not the first time I heard that from a medical doctor. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's also, this problem is global. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's, it's everywhere. If you listen to the news in, in Nigeria, in Ghana, it's, it's everywhere. It's just that it's, it's worse in some places than others. I mean, in Sierra Leone, we're also talking about the same thing, right? Where the prices have gone up um, like two, mm-hmm. threefolds. Um, mm-hmm. What were the prices last week? You go to the market today, the prices have really soared. So it's, mm-hmm. it's something that's going around, really. It's a global phenomenon. And um, right now, 
there is something we can do about it. So really coming down to your question, how do we start, is starting from our backyard. Most times what we complain about, especially for people living in urban areas, is, oh, we don't have the, like, the, the piece of land, or we right. don't know how to go about it, or, or I don't have the funding. But you know what? I always say, even as a farmer on my farm, you always start small. Start small. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be big. So let's say there's a few things that one can do. One, you can have a little bed in your yard. If you have a yard, you can do a bed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But if you don't have that, you can plant in boxes. You can plant in sacks. Mm. You have things that you call sack farming. You can plant in like old rice bags. So pretty much you can plant in tires, used tires. Um, So you can pretty much, in terms of the medium, you can plant anywhere. So once you've kind of realized that, okay, fine, this is what I want to do for my family's consumption, you just need to choose one of those media. And then next thing is to get um, the quality seeds. So Mm -hmm. most times when people decide to plant, it's mostly for food security for your household. So you think about our local veggies in Sierra Leone, like our crane cranes, our cassava leaves, and our potato leaves, right? So... um, just, just get started, but get started small. Do not allow space to be a problem because it's not. You can get an old bucket and fill it up with soil and chicken dung and start planting. Um, just get the seeds from one of the agro dealers in town and start planting. Chicken dung is a really good fertilizer and manure for your plants. You can also make compost mm. from your house, from your kitchen. Um, so there are so many innovative and smart ways we can start farming so that we'll be able to feed our families, especially with things going up constantly. Basic, basic things are so expensive in the market. So, yes. um, and we're going to have very little money, as you know, as time goes up with the increase in price of fuel and, and everything else on our diet. So if we really, really want to ensure food security, we also have to start looking inward, right? Mm-hmm. How do we start producing for our households? And also as a nation, I always say, how do we increase and improve on our value chain systems? Because during coronavirus, what we also noticed in Sierra Leone is because we, we had a very broken um, food transportation system. There were lots of constraints where, one, the farmers suffered a lot through the loss of you know, post-harvest losses from their fresh veggies mm-hmm. and other things. Because mm-hmm. foodstuff was not coming from the provinces to Freetown. That's one. But also we had less, um, less food in country because there was no import from Guinea. That period for me was wow. supposed to be also a period of awakening for us as a nation and as a people to really say, you know what, we really need to start being food um, self-sufficient. You mentioned the same problem as the U.S., right? I mean, I think when you look at the U.S., you're probably a lot better um, in terms of food security than Sierra Leone, because um, as much as not every part of your country would be food secure, but um, you still have loads and tons of farmers. We're, we're not there yet. We're trying, um, mm-hmm. but not there yet. So in a nutshell, I would say start. Start with what mm-hmm. you have. Get soil, um, get a bucket, get an old tire. These are things around. Get a wooden box, Get or just make a small bed in your yard get the seeds, start planting. You don't need to even buy the expensive fertilizer because fertilizer has also gone up like 100% from last year to this year. Last week, I just went to get some fertilizer for my farm and um, 
it's it's almost doubled already um, from last year to now. And the war in Russia and Ukraine also have an effect on that. Um, yeah. So, but we can still farm in innovative ways. So for me, my advice is start small, start anyways, and you would learn from the process. No, that's, that's good. Um, hmm. um, like for me, starting small right now, well, we have a garden outside here in Sierra Leone. I don't grow in the U.S. I usually get my food from farmer's markets when I'm in the U.S., but I actually brought this really cute mushroom <laughs> grower box and I've been growing mushrooms like in the kitchen. So that's been fun. Um, just because they don't, I, yeah, I'm that's tired interesting. Of and it feels good as well to see. Yeah. yeah and I, I think it's, it's really fulfilling to sort of like know that, Oh, you know what? I grew this. I know what's in there. It's not crap. <laughs> I know yeah. exactly where it's from, what I put in there. And I know that what I'm consuming is really good for my buddy and for my family. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think, you know, no, that's totally. also good. So that's also a motivation, you know, and it's yeah. also very, um peaceful i would say um farming is is also very peaceful um practice for me it gives me a lot of peace you know um it's sort of like just putting seed in the in the soil and just seeing it grow you know um it's just it's it's it's, it's wonderful so i think more people should try it to be honest no, I hear you. Is there a way to deal or to improve the nutrient quality of the soil? Is that even an issue in Africa? I don't know. I'm assuming that Africa has very nutrient-dense soil, comparatively speaking, but I'm not sure. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Improving the nutrient quality of soil. It's um, The cells get engaged in this process. It's called autophagy, self-eat. The cells self-rejuvenate. And this became a big, big process and big discovery because it won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2016. So, um, and it's, it's part of the miracle of biology. You know, um, imagine our ancestors walking in nature and, you know, one day no food, today is no food. On the third day, the body tells the cells, hey, optimize, we're going we're gonna to protect ourselves and we're going to be at optimal performance. This is why fasting is so transformative after day two or three or four or five, depending. And we'll talk more about how to do it even with food. So I don't want people to feel like, uh, oh, I'm not going to stay five days without food. There are easier ways to do this. We're going to talk about science comes in to help. But it's the miracle of biology where fasting optimizes. It's cut the fat, cuts the, 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 over, um, the, the, the overweight and then optimizes the cells. And this is why when somebody fasts, they tell you, I feel at my best. I feel like rejuvenated. I feel strong, performance, energy, sleep, and all of that. Um, and this is, um, this is why fasting is spreading fast. It works, it works fast, and it optimizes metabolism and cells. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about inter- different types of intermittent fasting, which is the most practiced today, so you have something we touch upon, which is circadian fasting. That's the 12 hour following just night and day times. And, and, and it follows the biological clock of the body. You know, we discovered recently that every organ, it's not just the mind that needs to sleep or the, 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 uh, at, at night, but actually every organ has a biological. We all, every part of our body needs to rest. And that circadian resting, including our digestive system, so we should not be eating in the middle of the night because then 
part of your body is awake and that disturbs your sleep, your energy the next day in the biological clock. And by the way, the biological clock of the organs won the Nobel Prize in Medicine in 2017. The 2016 and 17 were both fasting-related Nobel Prize-winning uh, discoveries. Um, so the, the 12 hours you follow day and night and say you eat at 6, 7, 8 p.m. and then the next day you only eat up until 7, 8 or 9 a.m. You're doing your 12 to 14 hours. That's actually a great way to promote healthy longevity. Um, we do study centenarians, people that live 100 and beyond, and we notice that a lot of them do not snack in the middle of the night. And they do respect that circadian you know, fasting. They're, they're early sleepers, they sleep early, they wake up, they eat, and then they go to work. Uh, or, you know, and they, of course, they, they do a lot of walking and, and, and exercise. But when you observe their diet, the circadian fasting 12 to 14 hours is a core part of it. Now, the most popular intermittent fasting method today is the 16-8. A lot of people, when, you, when they hear intermittent fasting, they say, oh, I know the 16-8, meaning 16 hours of fasting and, and limiting food ingestion to only eight hours. And, and 16 hours means, you know, not only you're doing the overnight fast of 12 hours, but also you're not eating breakfast, and therefore you only eat starting at lunch, and this is how you get to the 16 hours. And why it became so popular? Because 73% of us are overweight um, due to, again, the current fat that we're living, eating all the time and high concentrated calories and et cetera, et cetera. We can talk a lot about it. But a lot of doctors, a lot of nutritionists started, you know, promoting the 16-8 because, you know, people need to lose some weight on average. Two-third or three-quarters of us need to lose some weight. And it became a very popular way to, to maintain healthy metabolism and losing weight. Now, you can go further. Some people do a full day of fasting, and, and many do it twice a week. It's called the 5-2 diet, meaning twice a week you're, you're on a fasting, and five days you're on a uh, eating normal. Some people do it just once. It's called the 6-1, so 5-2 or 6-1 and a lot of cultures do that, actually. You know, a lot of religion, many of the divine religion actually pushed for a couple of days of fasting. I think Christians used to fast on a Wednesday and a Friday. I think the Prophet Muhammad used to fast, if I'm not mistaken, also twice a week. And honestly, Buddhism and other religions have a lot of meditation and fasting involved in it. So a lot of the culture of fasting and religious fasting kind of comes from the tradition of doing it twice a week. And the most extreme or the most intense intermittent fasting is what we call the alternate day fasting, meaning you fast every other day. And that leads to a lot of weight loss and great metabolic correction, but it, it induces a yo-yo effect where every day it's either you're fast or you're eating. It doesn't put your body in harmony. So we don't recommend you do the alternate day fasting. It's, it's a little bit intensive. And we're not sure about the long-term impact of it. Although in the short term, it has a, you lose weight quickly and you have a great metabolic improvement. So maybe for people who carry a lot of weight or are pre-diabetic, et cetera, they can embark on it for a little while, but it's not a trend that anyone pushes like for healthy people or for healthy aging. No, is there research that, because I actually haven't seen any, but is there research that differentiates like the effects of different types of fasting on women versus men? Because I do think there is a difference. Um, I have noticed that, especially with women over the eight, like in menopausal phase, 
intermittent fasting can be very, very helpful, especially if they feel like they're stuck with weight loss and stuff. But I do think that because women go through so many hormonal shifts that fasting can sometimes affect our bodies differently than men. No, that is, that is awesome. Yeah. There's, um, there's a cheese that I tried that I like a lot from Kite Hill. It's their, their almond ricotta is really good and it doesn't have that mm-hmm. many things in it. And that's one of my mm-hmm. like staples. So when I saw yours, I was like, I think I'm going to like this because you have like yeah. different flavors. It yeah. seems like there's some gourmet stuff going on, which is what I like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny since we've grown, we've had to kind of streamline, streamline a lot of things. We used to have cheese blocks, the rounds. We, we may get back to that in the future. But we have okay. um, uh, like old flavors, Ethiopian uh, Gouda, which we, Ooh. yeah, that we, I would love to get back to that. We also have a one called New Delhi, which is uh, Asian themed. We have a sweet one, which is, uh, that comes out seasonally. It's a holiday, we call it. So it's like date and black garlic. So, you know, all of them, they are artisan in preparation and in, in, in creation. You know, they started off as these, you know, something that was very close and I made them personally and uh, hopefully you can taste and feel the love in it. Yeah. And yeah. always ask yourself, like, who do who do you do this for? Is it for the others or is right. it for yourself? Then right. you have to, like, be a good, you know, do it good for anyone because right. that always adds the pressure and more like it, if it's for you, like take your time and take one step at a time and start to get to know your body, whatever it's telling you or what is it, like you say, what are you stuffing down? Maybe it's feelings from something else. Maybe you don't like your work or you're in a relationship that you're not comfortable in anymore. Or I mean, we are so complex. So food is just one part of it. But then we have all of this complexity is it like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's to honor every part of ourselves that's why it is a holistic way of seeing on it. it it doesn't help to just do one thing and that will ensure you that you're healthy for the rest of your life I mean mm-hmm. I will say that the feelings like you say that is one of the most important things because Mm-hmm. If we, for example, start to eat the right kind of food, but we do it out of fear and we start to fear food, fear carbs, fear uh, sugars or additives, then we we put ourselves in you know a very narrow path where the fears are controlling us. So we just switched maybe another control uh, control behavior. Mm-hmm. towards this one so it's yeah right. and then also if you're in a state of fear then your cortisol levels are going to be high and then your cortisol levels being high can cause all kinds of problems hormonal imbalance yeah. all kinds of stuff so it doesn't even really matter because then you're like eating i mean this is why someone can literally be a vegetarian and still get cancer or get or they could be eating really clean and still because stress still over is supersedes diet so it's like for me i'm always like trying to make my clients understand that. I have a lot of clients with hormonal balance issues, so fibroids and endometriosis and cysts mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. And I noticed uh, commonly most people have a root chakra or sacral chakra imbalance. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I'm I'm aware that also, I think fasting also can very much help balance the, the chakras to some degree, but how do you then eat specifically? Like for me, when I think about chakras and healing, mm. I'm trying to get those women into a, a deeper sense of play because most of them are way too serious and way too in their masculine. And that's part of what causes the imbalance. Mm. So I'm like, how, like in your, in your philosophy, how do you eat then to balance out those chakras? Mm. Um, on a regular basis, you don't really have energy to even like go do amazing things that you should be doing, you know? Right. Um, (laughs) okay. So we get the gist of that. Now, when you did the hormonal balancing Academy, what, was there anything that you learned or that you just going through the process? Was there anything that was surprising to you? Absolutely. I feel like all the information that was provided and all that I learned was information that I just did not know prior. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of therawgirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, Visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. All right, sis, listen to past episodes via stayingagelessshow.com. While we're on break, also feel free to send in your questions. You can message me via my website, therawgirl.com, or DM me via my profile on Instagram, at therawgirl. If you have ideas for topics or guests that you'd like to see for next season, you can also email me directly at rawgirltoxicworld at gmail.com with your comments. All right, y'all, until the fall, please stay healthy, happy, and productive. 